everyone, and welcome to Minute 143 of The Great Escape Minute, the daily podcast where we dig into The Great Escape one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again on this lovely, brisk Wednesday morning, is in the middle of January, is Joe Amade, Great Escape historian, film buff, and president and CEO of Virgil Films. Welcome back to the show, Joe. Thank you very much. Is, is it Chris, cold? It's it, cold here. I was going to ask cold. if... It's cold here in the United States of America, um, but it's fine. It's fine. Glad to be here again. Great. Well, I've been having a lot of fun all week, and hopefully you have too. Yes. All right. So episode 143 begins with Ashley Pitt's hand slumping to the side and goes all the way till we get to see Dennis denying that he's been married. Basically, as we discussed yesterday, Kuhn, who was standing at the train station, got suspicious, screamed out Bartlett, Ashley Pitt at that point jumped into action, did a karate chop, and pushed him over and was able to turn the gun on him, uh, turn Kuhn's gun on himself and actually shoot Kuhn. But at that point, he had nothing to do, so he just ran down the, the side of the platform of the train, got shot in the back, grabbed his stomach, and then very dramatically falls over onto the tracks. He pretty much looked dead yesterday, but today we get to see his hand actually slumping down. So uh, apparently he still had a little bit left in him to, to yeah. go through this. Now, yesterday I mentioned my, my you know, the, the, the interview that I did with uh, David McCollum. He actually mentions in that interview how this is the one scene his daughter refuses to watch in, in this movie because she wow. never liked seeing the shot of her father dying. Now, apparently he actually also did this stunt by himself. They didn't use a stuntman. He, he did the stunt. Wow. Uh, it, it's nice seeing that he did it. You know, as much as I love David McCollum, and if you happen to be listening to this, David, I apologize, but that is just, uh, it's a little overdramatic. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, I've never met David, but I've always enjoyed him, but it's a lot overdramatic. He's had better, he's had better moments. But it's interesting you said that about his daughter. Um, well, he said it, I didn't. <laughs> uh, he... Years ago, we released a couple um, Sinatra, Frank Sinatra DVDs, and I got I got to meet Nancy Sinatra, mm-hmm. and we talked about Frank's movies, and she refuses to watch the end of Von Ryan's Express. Okay, that. Well, come on, as as a father and a grandfather, I'm also a father. I don't think any yeah. of our kids would would like seeing a a video or a a you know someone filming their their parent dying even if it's not real no i mean maybe if you're cagney's kid and you're watching the end of white heat maybe <laughs> but other than i don't that, know no but I, it know, makes me makes me wonder like what about sean bean's kids you know they can't watch any movies you know, they can't watch any. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're right you're right you know every 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 one of sean bean sean bean's video collection in his house uh, the endings are are edited out of every single one of them <laughs> you're right you're right it's interesting, though. Yeah. As we saw, Ashley Pitt dies. We basically get a few seconds of him lying on the ground, and then we get to see a truck driving. Now, this is a, the, the truck that Cavendish was in earlier, where we discussed this, I think, maybe last week or two weeks ago. And uh, this time we actually get to see the entire logo on the side of the truck. Earlier yep. it, was, it was cut off. Again, I'm not going to make people suffer through my, my German pronunciations, but basically what it says, it says United Machine Works in Nuremberg, which is interesting. 
that he basically got picked up by some sort of trucker. You know, this, yeah. is, this is the equivalent of, you know, hitchhiking on, you know, Route, route 66 where you got a, <laughs> uh, an 18-wheeler going by. You know, you, you, you put out your hand and you get a ride. And at this point, you don't even know how, I mean, you know how between the escape and where Cavendish gets in that truck, you have no idea what has happened in between or even where he's at. Nope. Besides, nope. you just think he's, he's you know, a, a mile out of the woods or something like that. Right. I mean, he, it could be that he's been traveling for a day or two, or you know, could be. yeah. There's there's no way of knowing how far he has gotten. We see the tr- truck travel through this small little town. It makes a few turns in these small streets, meaning it it looks like he's about to 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 finally reach its destination. Now, the the music here is great. I mean, the music yes. in the whole movie is superb, but but in this particular scene, the music that Bernstein used is very like fun type of music. For us to be uh, listening to, which which gives us false hope at this point. Yes, you know we we and and his music is great because the, he does that. You know there are certain scenes where where he raises the the suspense, making you think someone's about to get caught and then they don't. And then on the other hand, he does the opposite, where he gives you some very fun music, thinking that everything is hunky dory and everything's great, and apparently it might not be. Well, in, in Cavendish in previous scenes was very lighthearted. Um, so I'm thinking of the yes. scene of him I mean, singing Twelve Days of Christmas," right? Yeah, but that's a that was a job. That yeah, wasn't. But, but but then the obviously the bed the the bed right. Well, he continues singing as he walks in and then jumps on the bed. Yes. Yeah, and he's a, he's right. a little bit of a you know his character is obviously he's a buffoon. He's a buffoon. He's not cool. You know, he's not. We've we've had this discussion ever since the, the the second week of this podcast. Oh, really? When when my when my good friend Jay Kluwit was on the show. And, you know, anyone can go back and listen to where we discussed this about the fact that Cavendish is, if anyone is a villain in this movie, Cavendish is the villain yes. because he's the one who causes all the problems. He's the, he's the surveyor who doesn't know how to survey. Yes. You know, how can you get, if, if you're supposed to be good at your job, how can you be 20 feet off? Yes. You know, I can understand if you're a few feet off or whatever, but 20 feet, that's, I mean, again, it happened in real life that they, that they were short. Yeah. But they, they it, here they pinned it on one particular character. I, if I remember correctly, in the book, they don't say that, that someone was uh, responsible for it. It just happened, and that was it. Yeah. You know, they, they didn't start placing the blame. But, but, and, and then Cavendish, when, when they get out of the, when, when he gets out of the tunnel, he's the one who trips over yeah. his, his uh, package, yeah. whatever that, whatever's in that package, which is, you know, that, that's a, a great MacGuffin for this movie because you have absolutely no idea what what he's carrying in that wrapped up package, which is so useless Please. because it's not a bag that you can, that you can open up. It's not like Sedgwick's trunk right. where he can open the trunk and take out something. You know, he takes out his, his, you know, he has his, he has a wire cutters in his breast pocket, yes. you know, <laughs> whatever. But we can't, when he, you know, when he steals, when he, when he steals the bicycle, just happen to yes. have him. <laughs> Surprisingly, it's a good thing. I kept it in my jacket pocket, yeah. you know, but you know, they, they have Cavendish trip, which obviously spoils everything, and none of this really happened. So that's this character's written into the script to spoil the entire escape. Um, you know, in real life, a, a guard just happened on the hole, from what I remember. Right. Um, I think I think he stepped in the hole like or something like that. Or something like that. There was an, you know, but this and this character continues all the way until what we're talking about right now. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Now, now my. 
you know, when you look at the package, it looks like it, he's carrying something very fragile. Yes. So if he fell on it, he he broke the glass that was inside or whatever it is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So who knows? So basically, this this truck makes a few turns within this city, and then they give us a very close up shot of the headlights of the of the truck, and we see that we see a shot from from the a low. It's a low shot from the viewpoint of the you know someone standing next to the the truck, and then we see a whole bunch of German soldiers standing in front of them, holding their guns out, waiting for this truck to show up. Now, I counted. Did you count how many soldiers are standing there? There, there It seems to be a lot. Um, in, our, in, in the film that, that my company released, uh, I, that I brought up on a previous episode, the coolest, guy, the coolest guy movie ever made, that scene, that entire sequence was shot, in, and again, in, in Fusion. And those buildings still exist. One of them's painted a different color now, but they're at, at least they were when the film was shot. And they found three extras that were soldiers, that were dressed as soldiers, townsfolk. They're in the film, and they actually have pictures of them on set um, that they show in the film. Um, but there's a, it, it looks like he's bringing him to a barracks or something like that. Yeah. It's not really <laughs> described. And then, and yeah, then we, we never got how stupid... And then you think, well, it is Sedgwick. So why not? Cavendish. Cavendish. I'm sorry. Cavendish. Yes. Dennis, right? Yeah. Dennis but, uh, right. Dennis Cavendish. So, so I actually counted, and there are 17 <laughs> soldiers standing, carrying guns. Now, when, when, when people listen, I think it's next week or two weeks? Two weeks. When, when we'll be discussing McQueen's jump. So you, you, I'll, I'll let you even take, try and take a guess. How many soldiers do you think are, are chasing after him? Oh, geez. Probably less than... Is there, well, there's like whole squadrons from what I remember. Um, which side? Because you see, they're coming up from both one sides. side and coming there's up... There's both sides. There, it, 40? Okay, there's on one side, there's, I think, 28. Okay. And another one, there's 30. There you go. Yeah, wow. So, again, there's about 60... They had to get 60 soldiers, or it could be the same... Thirty each, you know, each side. Could be the they, same. They have to get a lot of extras. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, we'll discuss that more. Uh, yeah. You know, in, in in a few weeks. You know, they they they, they didn't skimp on on the number of no. soldiers in it. I mean, uh, this always reminds me of of you know the famous scene in Star Wars, you know, which Han Solo is running down the, you know, screaming at the the stormtroopers, and he has like five of them running, and then he gets to the hangar, and then there's another five there. Yeah. And then he gets shocked and runs runs back. Yeah. And then in the special edition, they changed it to make it that there are hundreds there, yeah. to make it a little more threatening for him to actually get into that place. Again, you you brought it up, and my question also is: is what happened here to Cavendish? You know, was did this driver just decide to drive him to to, to a particular? Point? But again. Yeah. Did did they stop somewhere along the way and he called ahead and said, "I'm coming with a prisoner." Yeah, because they're all because they're they're all standing with their with their with their guns drawn. Yeah. yeah, they're waiting. I mean, it'd be one thing if he just took them to a Gestapo office or something like that or a barracks, but they're waiting. So, and so you're right. Did he call in advance or did he stop at a phone booth or <laughs> I don't know. Or maybe he's got a CB. He's a breaker breaker. Yeah. Um, uh, but there's <laughs> questions like this throughout the film. Let's face it. You know. 
Yeah, of course. Yeah, of as, course. As but, there it, are. but it's still fun. But, it, but, it, but, but it's, it's fun. And it, but, but it's something that you always, you know, from the first time you see the film, you go, well, how did that happen? But then obviously... The truth is you don't. You don't. That's the whole point. When you're not watching the movie minute by minute, you don't think about it. You say, okay, he got captured. That's it. He got captured because what happens after is pretty serious. Yes, correct. And then we see that Cavendish is completely flabbergasted. Completely. That that he somehow got caught. (laughs) (laughs) You know. He's like, I measured it perfectly. And the driver has has a very nonchalant look on his face. Yeah, so he doesn't next. look, on the one hand, that he's happy, and he doesn't look that he's sad. It's not as if he's saying, all right, I'm going to get my 50 bucks yeah. for, uh, for turning you in. Yeah, or can you unload the back of the truck as well? You know? Yeah, very nonchalant yeah, exactly. look. It's funny that you mentioned that, that you made the mistake earlier and said that this was Cedric, because in the original script, this happens to Cedric. Okay. Cedric actually gets caught. He's Cavendish there. They switch around a lot of the roles, and Sedgwick doesn't get away in the original script. There's a character named Mary Vale wow. who gets away, who I have not been able to figure out who he's supposed to be because he's like an amalgam of, of a number of different characters. There's one point where, where you, he, they give him a lot of action scenes also. He gets to you know ride on top of a train that's going through a tunnel and things like that. Wow. So it was originally Sedgwick that got caught here. So they changed it to Cavendish, which I'm very happy about because I do like Cedric, even though he doesn't. Uh, Coburn doesn't have a very good accent. Besides that, he still plays the. Character oh, he's role. fantastic! It's he's he's great. He's great in. Yes, I mean Hitman, he's great in the Great Escape. He's great in Great Escape. I mean, obviously, I think the working relationship that he had with Sturges, um, the same with Bronson, the same with McQueen, had had a lot to do with their performances in this movie. No question about that. We basically, the shot changes, and we get to see Cavendish standing in a dungeon. Yes. With, with two Gestapo men standing by him. One of them is Preeson, who we had seen earlier, uh, and and Dietrich. The two of them actually were the other two Germans who brought Bartlett in to, to the camp yes. early in the movie. So it's it's interesting that, you know, the, the comparison with Kuhn, the three of them were together, and then Kuhn yeah. is separated from the two of them, and you know he got he got killed yesterday, and then now we get to see the other two. We get to see the the continuation of them, and they they have a small little conversation, or or interrogation, I guess you can say. I like I like how Cavendish is standing at attention, his arms behind him, you know his yes. uh, his tie loosened a little bit. Then Preston basically asks him, "Where are you going, Cavendish?" Now, what do you mean, where are you going? I'm trying to go home. <laughs> I'm trying to get yeah. out of this. Godforsaken German countryside. Where? <laughs> like, that's just Beautiful a stupid question. Places. Where are you going? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I was on my way to go visit your wife. I mean, like, what's he supposed to say? <laughs> <laughs> and, and then his response is, I hadn't quite decided. <laughs> yeah. Which I, is pure Cavendish. Yeah. Which, no, which, again, maybe, maybe the question was, is how did you plan on getting back to England? They should have right. asked that separately. Like, like, what port were you going to? Were you trying to get out of? Not where were you going? Yeah. You know, it just sounds a little... Maybe that was one of the things they cut down a little bit to make it sound... And then, what information were you to collect on the way? That's the next question he asks, which... I get that one. I, I understand well, that. But because they, they're trying to establish him as a spy. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Which, I don't know, I you know... I, I guess that's it. I mean, that's the first time that that kind of a storyline that these guys are spies or anything like that but the germans are so 
out of central casting. You know, they're very, um, um, I'm trying to get the best way to describe it. They're very, they're very Nazi. <laughs> they're very Nazi. That's what I was going to say. They're very Nazi. They're very Gestapo-ish, you know. Um, they're great. They're great. But it's, it's just watching Cavendish fumble uh, one line after another because he doesn't, he just doesn't. But he's in, he's also in character, you yes. know. Nigel, Nigel Stock was a classically trained actor. I mean, this guy played the old Vic. He did Hamlet. You know, he did, you know, a, a lot of stage work. This, this How guy, did he get stuck playing Cavendish? <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't know. I mean, he was, this guy started acting like at the age of 12. Um, real, you know, real British nobility. Again, I think, I don't remember. I, I was too young. Sometimes I, I, I think that this movie was being made kind of like The Longest Day. If you remember The Longest Day where of course. everybody in Hollywood wanted to be in it because it was like a status thing. And sometimes I wonder when they were making The Great Escape if some of these British actors, especially the ex-service guys, and Stock was one of them. He was in the service from like 39 to 45. Um, they wanted to be in it. Right. Because As in England, these to... guys are real heroes, the yeah. real escapists. I mean, it's not, you know, yeah, the movie is celebrated there, but, you know, Roger Bushell, um, who's Bartlett, is, is a real hero in, yes. in England. So I think these guys, some of them, McCollum possibly too, wanted to be in the film just to play their part. No, I don't know. McCollum, McCollum <laughs> in no? the interview, McCollum explains that, that he just, he was given the script and that was it. Oh really? It wasn't. It and that's wasn't... probably the case with stock too. It's probably. a paycheck, man. You know, exactly. get to go to Germany for a couple of. But, exactly. but yeah, it's. Uh, no, maybe it's maybe a... he wanted to take this role because it's so different from what he usually plays. If he has usually done, you know, Shakespearean type of work, so here we're giving you something completely different. Could be, and and you get a prominent part in the movie where everyone, sixty years later, will still remember the name Cavendish. Yeah, that's very true. That's very not true. Not necessarily for good reasons, but they still remember who he is. Yeah. Yeah. I think he, he passed away uh, kind of young, like in his late 60s, I think. That's I think. very easy to check these days. We we shall see if someone can, can get us that information while we're while we're continuing to talk. <laughs> I can look at my notes here. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, he died, he died in, in 86. 86. So he was, he was 67. 66. Yeah. He wasn't yet 67 when uh, when he passed away, yes, 66. Priestan then continues with his interrogation. You know, he asks, what information were you to collect on the way? Obviously, the answer is none. Then the next question he asks, uh, okay, what type of directions for sabotage were you, were you given? We're, this is really clearly a way to try and, and get him to incriminate himself into being some sort of spy. Yes. And obviously, no, nothing. And then he goes, okay, what did you do with your papers? Now, that's an interesting question. He finally asks a good question. You know, yeah. What did you do with your papers? Now, it makes you wonder what, what they all did with their papers when they would get caught. Because they, they needed to destroy them because they were completely forged. What did he do? He just left it in the truck? He put it in the glove compartment? <laughs> I don't Maybe it's in the package. I'm sure he didn't want to litter. Yeah. I don't know. Exactly. Yeah, it's crazy. That's a, yeah. And obviously his response is papers, and you know he 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 plays dumb really well. Whether he's playing it or not is a different question. But he's 
he acts very dumb. And then, <laughs> and then Priestin says, okay, what about forged papers and identity cards? Dietrich says, you know, don't be so stupid. What did you do with them? We, we get a great response from Cavendish saying, all I did was escape from a prison camp. You do the same if you've been locked up for three years. Right. Which is interesting that, that he mentions that, because, again, if this takes place in 1944, in August 1944, means that he was shot down in sometime during 1941. Right. So he, he wasn't one of the, I guess, casualties of uh, Dunkirk. Right. Which happened uh, in, a year before in 1940. Which, you know, a lot of a lot of the prisoners came from that from Dunkirk. And a lot of them... Uh, or at least that's what I... Yeah, heard. a lot of the prisoners... Had, you know, were in multiple camps. Yes. This is, well, obviously, yeah. because they, they, this camp was the one that was, this was the camp of camp camps. Camp of camps. <laughs> you can't escape from this one. That's right. Which is, which again, it, the, 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 in theory, it makes sense to do something like this, but in reality, what you're doing is you're putting all of the escape artists together. What do you expect is going to happen? Yeah, I think there was, there was over 90 escapes in Stalag Lou 3 before the Great Escape. Overnight. Yes. All right. Here's a trivia question for you. What 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 other movie was written about an escape that happened in Stalag Luft? Wooden Horse. Yes. Very yeah. good. Great. Um. You see, I'm I'm glad that you. Yeah. Know that. It's a good film. <laughs> different. So it it's good. It's very different. It it changes the way you look at it when you know that that it also happened in Stalag Luft. Yes. 3. Yeah. The one question that I always had, the biggest question I had about the escape versus the movie is. And maybe you know the answer. To Which this. one? The wooden horse or this, this one? This one. The, the Great Escape. Is, okay. I believe the huts were built on stilts. Okay. So how did they How did they tunnel? Dig down. Yes. Well, I've asked that question. Okay. It, no, but but what, what I think is, is that they dug down through cement blocks. Okay. Could be. That that would be my guess. But you're right. Because we, we see from the beginning when Ashley Pitt is measuring the dirt. So you see that there's a gap. Yes. I, 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 I want to read the Brickle book again, and I have other books on the escape that might might I might get into that that I just don't remember. Um, but yeah, well, if you if you get a chance to to read them in the next two days before we finish <laughs> this week, it'll be great. But if not, I I understand also. Well, when you do a podcast devoted to the sequel that was made with Judd Hirsch and Christopher Reeve. Uh, I will not. I've I've seen that movie, but I actually saw I saw it, uh, you know, not that long ago. But I will not be doing <laughs> a uh, minute by minute podcast of that movie. It's it's a good movie. Yeah. It gives what, what what I find interesting about it is it's a pseudo sequel yes. because it's about the same story, but it's told in a different way. It's a much grittier look at the escape. This is this is much more Hollywoodish. Without a doubt, than that one. Yeah. That one. Uh, you know, you see that the, the characters are dirty, and you see that the, you know they haven't shaved and stuff like that. Here, everyone is immaculate. immaculate. You know, we we get we get to see Henley walking around with a, a very brightly <laughs> white colored turtleneck throughout the the entire movie that never gets dirty. You know, he's he's got someone doing his laundry every day, making sure that that stays nice and white, even after he bailed out of a plane and somehow landed here. So yeah, right. So he basically says that, that he's been there for three years, and all he did was wanted he wanted to do was go home. Then Priestin's response is, "Well, I don't think you're ever going to see your wife again." And then we get a nice response from Cavendish says, "You you got the wrong man. I'm not even married. <laughs> if my wife knew I was in Germany, right, <laughs> she'd kill me." 
Okay. Yeah. And I love when Priestin's talking the entire time, he's like spinning a key in his hand. Yeah. He's got like this, this little bronze key or something in his hand that he's just twirling around. You know, he's, he's having fun with this. Yeah. Yeah. There's no question about that. Do you have anything else you want to say about this particular minute? No, I don't. It's an interesting minute. Um, and it, and it's the beginning of, you know, it's a, it's a foreboding, you know, you know, bad stuff's coming. Yes, completely. Yeah. All right. You want to once again tell people how they can get in touch with you? Joe? Yes, uh, you can reach me. Uh, you can uh, feel free to email me at joe at virgilfilms.com. Uh, V-I-R-G-I-L films, F-I-L-M-S-E-N-T.com. Or please uh, go to my website, virgilfilms.com, and you'll read all about us. All right. Excellent. And while you're doing that, you can go rate, review, and subscribe on any podcatcher that you might be using to listen to this show. You can go to our website, thegreatescapeminute.com. Our Facebook group is The Cooler. Our email address is thegreatminute at gmail.com. And our Twitter is greatescapemxm. So, until tomorrow, tally-ho. Tally-ho. Tally-ho.